This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Christian, we know life as a podcaster isn't easy. Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies. But then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damon, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement. To give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 115th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Now locking and loading all of your excessive amount of guns. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. All right, Christian. So I uh, was gone for about a week, and the shit hit the fan, I noticed. I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is happening, man? It's pretty scary out there. It's it's a dead zone out there at this point. And I I, kind of want to take my camera and just start taking photos, because I keep seeing people do that, and it just looks kind of cool to see this huge city that we live in just being deserted. You know, like... So I'm lucky enough where I get to work from home and like literally mm-hmm. every time I go to the mailbox, I hear the score for Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty fucking creepy. Like it's just I don't know. It's eerie. It, it, it's just not right. Um, you know, hopefully everyone is, you know, at home, staying home, you know, washing their fucking hands, not hoarding toilet paper, uh, you know, and just staying safe. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we're, we're planning on coming to you still every week. Our schedule's not changing. Um, we're going to be, you know, bunkered in though. So, I mean, if our sound's a little different, that's because we are Skyping this right now. Yes, we are live via satellite. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, show wise, our format is completely screwed up because we can't (laughs) review any movies because there are no movies coming out. Um, it sounds like a lot of the studios are going to be releasing stuff on video on demand. Um, you know, so we'll be hopefully, you know, be able to do a like more current release here and there, but you know, it is what it is. You know, it's better than people going to the theater and getting sick. So yeah, it it really fucks my, uh, A-list membership though. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get out of that? Uh, Yeah, I can cancel it. Is that through AMC? (laughs) That's through AMC, right? Yeah, yeah, those bastards. They'll they'll let you because they shut down to May, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was like tw- like twelve weeks or something. So I mean, yeah, they they better refund you. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we should be, I, I guess we're game planning right now. We're looking at like doing some like retro reviews, maybe some countdowns, you know, stuff to just keep everyone entertained and, you know, just keep the thing, you know, just this whole podcast going. So, um, exactly. and if we can get to any of those video on demand stuff, uh, we, we will absolutely we'll try. Absolutely. And actually the movie that we're reviewing this week is going to be released, um, on t- you know when this episode drops so you can go ahead and check it out you know before you listen to the you know pod- well i guess you're listening to it right now so <laughs> <laughs> before or after yeah right, you. right i mean well no one went to see it you know this past weekend so <laughs> um but yeah yeah except but, for me apparently yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you idiot what the fuck <laughs> well, I, i'll tell you i'm surprised that was a pretty packed theater and i went like midday as well really trying to avoid people I guess. And at that point, the shit really hadn't hit the fan, I guess. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, because, yeah, I, I was I was actually surprised. We're in the Chicagoland area, um, but I was surprised that the theater was even staying open because they really like, you know, the area that we lived on, they closed all the schools and everything like that. They were recommending what, like 15 under like gathering wise. So in a movie theater alone, there's at least 50 people. So it was kind of weird. I guess it's a big enough place where you can do like the whole social like distance thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, but they, they definitely all closed and sheltered up, you know, after a couple of days. So, you know, better safe than sorry. Right. Exactly. So. All right. Well, that was depressing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we're going to try not to harp on the coronavirus too much. Um, this will probably be like the most Corona heavy, you know, episode that we have just because we're going to be covering a lot of different topics that are, you know, directly affected by Corona. Um, but, you know, hopefully the next few episodes will be a little more lighthearted and upbeat. Hopefully knock on wood. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into the news. Yes, but of course, before we get into the news... If you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters, we are mere podcasters with opinions. Alright man, so this isn't in our agenda at all. But uh, you heard this Johnny Depp rumor? Yeah, I've been hearing a couple things go back and forth, but what what's going on with Johnny Depp? So apparently there's a rumor floating around that Johnny Depp might be actually playing the Joker in Matt Reeves' upcoming The Batman. Um, you know, on the surface, I feel like it makes sense and I could totally see it happening. Um, but part of me, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, how do you feel about it? I don't know. Like when I first heard it, I was like, why has he never been approached? You know, like I thought that would be one of the first answers to that casting. It almost but feels then, too much, like too obvious. Right. Uh huh. But at the same time, you know, at this point in his career, like maybe, maybe this was like early Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, <laughs> Captain Jack, uh, when I still was super into Johnny Depp. But now it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested in seeing other, other types of portrayals and i'd also be interested in seeing him play a different type of role oh yeah uh, i agree 100 percent. you know batman has such a you know rich like rogues gallery that there's so many great characters that are ripe for the picking and i feel like he'd be more attracted to those characters than the joker Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure if the money's you know good enough he'll do it but 
at the same time, you know, I feel like he'd be more akin to like, you know, a Firefly or a um, Mr. Freeze or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, where he could kind of like add his own wrinkles to it, you know, in the character. Where at this point, I mean, there's almost like too much pressure when it comes to the role. I mean, the last two people, oh, not, oh, I guess not the last two people. I keep on forgetting <laughs> about uh, Jared Leto. Um, but, like, you know, I mean, the last two major, like, portrayals of that character won Oscars, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, at this point, too, like, I don't want the story to be focused on the Joker. So if the, if the Joker is in the movie, I hope it's just more of a, like, cameo type deal. Like a yeah. scene, you know? Um, I'd rather we build to the Joker at this point. Maybe just do three Batman movies with no Joker. Yeah, I don't feel like they'll go that long, but I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I could see him being like in the third movie. Um, Mm. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, there's a lot of characters in this movie at this point. A lot of characters, at least rumored to be in this movie. So I feel like we could give like the Joker a breather. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. cast and, jo- like cast Johnny Depp, and you know, give give him a different role. Like, I mean, I'm fine with that. Just, I don't know, man. I, I it's hard for me. I'm like, listen, I'm I'm the guy with the Joker tattoo, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm a. I feel like we could give the character a rest for a little bit. So yes. everyone's going to compare it to Joaquin Phoenix at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, and I definitely don't want to see him in this movie. <laughs> So no, I don't want to blend those universes. No, absolutely. I feel like the it just needs to be two separate things. So hopefully they take that approach. Also, speaking of rumors, Kevin Smith has shared another Daredevil rumor for Spider-Man 3. Yeah, and we kind of heard this rumor originally when Spider-Man 3 was announced. Um, a lot of people were speculating that, you know, Peter Parker's going to need a fucking lawyer, right? Um, he's a wanted man. And, you know, who better than, you know, Matt Murdock? So uh, people were speculating with the, you know, Netflix shows being canceled. Would they keep Charlie Cox on? Um, You know, Kevin Smith was talking about this during his podcast. Uh, I don't know if he was just going off of like online rumors that he heard. And it really does sound like that. But then, you know, just the line at the end of the quote, he says, you know, and Marvel was like, God damn, how did this get out? So it kind of made it feel like maybe he like, knew something else uh but who knows <laughs> um, uh, it was probably hulk again yeah right <laughs> so I, mean, I think i think you know i think it was just a case of you know he's hosting a podcast you know he reads all the same internet rumors that we do um but just the fact that he's kevin smith it made news so um because it, it's I, like i haven't heard anything about this rumor in a while so and I know they he's been off his show for at least like two or three months. So I don't know if this is just this old news that he, you know, was just remembering. Um, but when you're famous, you can make news like that, right? Like quick headlines. Uh, but I would I mean, I would love for it to be true. No, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's something that everyone would want. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully maybe he does know some kind of inside scoop and he wasn't supposed to say anything. Um, that's happened before on his show, uh, but we'll see. Bring me Kingpin as well, you know? Fuck yes. Oh my god, that'd be <laughs> fantastic. I would love to see that Kingpin, that version of the character in the MCU. Um, although I feel like he's a little too scary <laughs> for, for Peter to go up against. Uh, but yeah, Charlie Cox, man, I mean, he just owns that character right now. 
So it's hard for me to picture another Matt Murdock, you know, someone else playing that role. Um, we'll see. And it just feels like a great way to introduce that character into like the MCU the right way. Um, so hopefully it's true, you know, but I mean, it, it's just a rumor. So take it for a, with a grain of salt, really. Something that we didn't get to talk about last week was the Black Widow trailer. Um, and people have been, of course, scanning through it, getting every single detail. And one of the big details that they brought out was AIM is making a big return. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can we really like categorize it as a big return? I forgot that they were even in the MCU. Exactly. Because <laughs> what is Iron Man three? Yes. That they should. Yeah. Fuck aim. <laughs> I don't care. I I you know Iron Man three. I know everyone hates two, but I think I actually like three less than two. Yeah. After rewatching it, because I was trying to. That's what I was doing before Endgame. Mm-hmm. I was rewatching everything, and I was like, Iron Man 3 is such a fucking terrible film. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It just, I mean, if you like watching Robert Downey Jr. just run around in, like, civilian clothes, <laughs> like, it, it feels more of, like, a Beverly Hills cop movie than it does, like, an, an MCU film. It's very strange. Mm. So, I mean, it was entertaining at the time, but, like, yeah, it's not rewatchable at all. <laughs> So and like you know the main villain and everything just falls flat because they right he he ran aim I believe yeah so I I totally forgot that they were already introduced I think Shield did something with them two agents of Shield um although I guess that doesn't even fucking count now so um I mean a cool Easter egg I guess I mean maybe they'll actually have a big part in the movie um for those who don't know aim's advanced idea mechanics. Um, they're a group of evil scientists, pretty much. So, but what if we get Modok? Modok would be cool. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like we're gonna get that. Um, definitely not in this film of all of them. Maybe he's I feel like, like that's more. maybe he's a secret villain. You know, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around Taskmaster being the main villain. Not that he's a fu- not a complete badass, but. I feel like there's probably someone behind Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Although, I it, I don't know. MODOK would be kind of a leap. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, maybe they've got big plans for him. I, mean, I could see MODOK like showing up in, um, uh, uh, what, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. I could see yeah. something like them kind of touch on that at least. That's what I was thinking. Maybe one of the Disney Plus shows. Maybe even Champions whenever they... Or um, not Champions, Young Avengers. I was like, do you you know something I don't know, Christian? (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing I wanted to ask you about was... um, A big thing that I keep seeing people bring up is that uh, Taskmaster will be, like, uh, someone, like, in the team that we see. And, like, uh, I feel like even the trailers are starting to lay it on a little thick. So, I... You think think, it's the mom? I still think it is. Yeah. But now I'm starting to think, are they making it too obvious that it's her? Is it someone else? I've seen a few different (laughs) posters where they have the sisters and the Red Guardian um, up front and then Taskmaster in the back. And there's no, like, you know, the mother. I can't remember her name. She's supposed to be the mom, right? And I feel like this trailer kind of laid it. She's just the motherly figure. Although the, I don't the, think she's the I think that I think the dad, like uh, Red Guardian, like referred to them as his daughters, though, in this last trailer or something. So I felt like I it was pretty <laughs> like laid out there. I have to rewatch the trailer. Mm. It's been like over a week now. So, 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's just a trainer. I'm not sure, but she's definitely a mother-like character, you know, to the two. I see a lot of people saying, um, Florence Pugh will actually be Taskmaster. Don't we see her fighting Taskmaster? Isn't she in like in peril a lot in the trailer? (laughs) Yes, she is. But I guess, I mean, it could be. It's (laughs) Marvel. Maybe, maybe. I feel like it's probably most likely, you know, the mother character. Um, Mm -hmm. But who knows? I hope not almost, though. Like, I feel like it's too obvious and it just won't be a huge reveal. It'll fall flat Mm -hmm. um, just because it feels so obvious. So um, I'm just hoping that it's just Taskmaster and that it it is what it is. Although I could definitely see there being another villain that, you know, will be a big surprise. You know, I don't know yeah. if it's gonna be Modoc though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gotta be comic book accurate. Oh, uh, that'd be fantastic! <laughs> a giant floating head—that'd be awesome. Exactly. I'd love it. It'd make no sense in this movie, but I, I'd love to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this last trailer though. I thought this last trailer looked great. It got me super. No, I love ex- everything I'm seeing from uh, Taskmaster. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, because we we saw more fighting styles from him. Um, mm-hmm. I love that we got more into like the red room and everything. We saw more of the different widows that she's up against and seemingly like battling. Um, you know, unfortunately, who knows when we're gonna fucking see this movie? <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is definitely one of those movies that I don't feel like they'll put out on like video on demand. You know, yeah, anytime soon, they'll they'll hold it back until they till they um can actually release it in the theater. So, um, but yeah, it is what it is. So. Um, yeah, all right. Well, let's move on, Christian. What else do we got? Uh, we had Thor 4 featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, um, this was heavily, it was heavily rumored that Thor was going to be in the next Guardians movie. Um, but then, because uh, that was at a time where they thought the Guardians movie would be coming out before Thor. Uh, but hmm. then everything happened with James Gunn. We won't dive into that. So the schedule kind of got flip-flopped. So I guess it kind of makes sense for the story and Endgame to kind of continue in Thor 4. Yeah, I still think it would be interesting to see um, Taika work with the Guardians in general, though. I, I would love to see him even get a solo movie of the, of the Guardians. Well, he was on everyone's shortlist to actually take over mm. if James Gunn wasn't going to come back to the franchise. So it, it does feel like kind of a perfect fit for him. Um, and I'm sure now that James Gunn is back in the fold, he'll have a lot of say in, you know, those characters' development in Thor. So, I mean, but once again, I feel like it's just going to well, be I, I mean, I hope it, I still hope it's more than what we got with, like, Doctor Strange showing up in, what was it? Uh, it was Ragnarok, right? Yes. 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 I don't know, man. But he was in it for, like, two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it was a nice scene. It wasn't that bad. Um, I guess it wasn't that short at least I enjoyed the scene uh, but yeah no I, I feel like it's going to be more something along those lines I don't want them to take away you know from uh, Jane Foster's you know story true I keep forgetting that she's going to be the main yes character. that's what I'm saying there's a lot of movie there so a lot mm-hmm. of story to tell within this movie so um, but yeah this was actually leaked by Vin Diesel I guess on a press tour, he literally was like, Oh, that's something that nobody knows. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Oops. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's probably true at this point. So, um, well, I mean, those are the more exciting movies that he makes. So yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Should we review a uh, bloodshot when it comes out on a VOD? 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing but horrible things. So. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for the MCU and uh, the DC Universe. Uh, Let's move on to horror. All right, it seems that the next Final Destination film will remain in canon and be set in the world of first responders. So, okay, well, the world, you know, being set in the world of first responders, that definitely piques my interest. Um, Feels like there's a lot of potential for a lot of great deaths there. Um, But what canon are they talking about? Like, after exactly. the first two movies, does the, like, I mean, what's the continuity that they're following? I think there's another film down the road that did, like, that created a little bit more, but no one cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just want to see people die. You know? Exactly. <laughs> we just want to see people die in interesting ways. Interesting and yes. creative ways. So I, But I, I think this is a great idea. I really love the idea of it being EMTs and shit running yeah. around and we see their experiences and they're trying to probably survive as well yeah like emts firemen police that that could be some fucked up shit so exactly. um but yeah I, I mean i'm i was always wondering what was happening with the franchise because it felt like there's still a lot of meat on the bone there's still a lot of opportunities i mean they're just fun movies um so i was really surprised that it kind of like went away for so long just because there's so much like potential, it's such an easy movie to make, and you know, mm. just an easy like you know money maker for everyone. So I mean, people love watching death on screen, you know, and that you know for Gorehounds, yeah, it's the perfect kind of movie. You know, we, they creators. basically threw plot out the window. It's <laughs> just like, mm. all right, we're just gonna go ahead and play this giant game of mousetrap and watch people die. So um, yeah, it really. I mean, it's been ten years, so. It just kind of fell into that same type of thing that Saw did, where it felt like they were getting real lazy by the end. It just, you know, the traps and the you know events that are happening just weren't as exciting or interesting. Just at the same level of creativity in the first yeah, like three exactly. or four. Because I enjoyed the first like four movies. I actually mm-hmm. I really dug them. I saw, I think I saw them all in the theater. Um, the fifth one was definitely lackluster though. I think they kind of like. I know leaned a little too heavy on the CGI at that point, and that you could tell yeah. that was just kind of a cash grab at that point. All right, well, continuing on with horror, we have Scream Five reportedly moving forward with Ready or Not filmmakers. Yeah, so um, it's discussing films um, is now claiming that the Ready or Not directors uh, Matt Olaf, I believe, Benatelli Olaf. I'm destroying his name. And Tyler Gillett, um, they will be helming the new entry into the franchise. Um, and it's going to have actually uh, the original writer, Kevin Williamson, um, serving as a producer. Uh, and production is supposedly going to start late um, or early summer. Um, we'll see how that works out, though. Yeah, now. I was about to say, we'll <laughs> see about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if this is going to be a sequel. If they're actually calling it Scream 5, it feels like obviously it's going to be. I don't know if I want that, though. I'm kind of over, you know, watching, you know, Courtney Cox and fucking Dewey run around um, <laughs> and hijinks ensuing. I'd like them to kind of like, you know, get a fresh start, you know, start over, reboot this the whole franchise. Um, Funny enough, I could see that cast from Ready or Not being in Scream. Yeah, like, why it not? It seems almost perfect. I, I feel like these guys are the perfect pick for the movie. I feel like they have mm. that kind of perfect balance between like horror and comedy. 
um you know with, with what they did with ready or not i feel like it's a good fit for them no absolutely i think that would be a good choice i just not into scream <laughs> just never have been oh really did you not like the original movie I thought it was okay, but it just didn't do much for me. You know, I I love the original movie, and it meant so much to the genre when that movie first came out. Um, unfortunately, the franchise could never, you know, live up to that first movie. Um, you know, from every movie, like, progressively going forward, it got worse and worse. Um, and then you know, it, it kind of suffers legacy wise because of all the awful fucking copycat movies that came out afterwards. Like the nineties, the late nineties were completely saturated, like oversaturated with those type of movies, you know, the yeah. whole Scooby-Doo, you know, um, overly meta, you know, slasher movies, you know, and they're all like PG 13. So it was like watching softcore porn. You know, not very mm. satisfying, you know, for a true horror <laughs> fan. So, um, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I feel like these guys are a great pick, though, to like, you know, pick up on the legacy of Wes Craven and, you know, move the franchise forward. I feel like they could bring something kind of creatively, you know, fresh, you know, to the series, um, you know, because I really did enjoy Running or Not. You know, I didn't think it was a perfect mm. movie, but I, I thought it was great. And just tone wise. You know, what they did in that movie, I feel like that fits perfectly in the world of Scream. So oh, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll see if it actually happens. You know, I mean, this is still like not confirmed. So but, you know, whoever Disgusting Films is, they seem to think they know everything. <laughs> it's not the first time we've had a story from Disgusting Films. So I'm not True. even like it's I don't know. So, I mean, maybe they're right more <laughs> often than not. I Whatever. So. Either way, they've got plenty of time to write this film. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Would you like to see it in the same kind of vein? I mean, I feel like it has to be like, you know, that meta approach. Um, is there a way that they could freshen it up, though, that you can think of? I mean, I feel like any director nowadays could probably handle a better idea. Like, take... I mean, you take that same idea of the meta of, you know, it's a, it's a slasher meta film. But, like, maybe camp it down just a little bit yeah. compared to the last few that came out. Yeah, but it got it got a little much, you know, the last uh -huh. couple. So, um, yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest problems was, you know, they hurt themselves by killing off, you know, the two main villains in the first, you know, movie. Um, I think if you would have just kept one of them alive... Um, and just kind of like keep it open ended, whether or not, you know, that character is actually returning, um, you know, whether it's Stu or I can't even remember Sydney's boyfriend's name at this point. Um, I think there would have it would have meant a little more um, instead of just being some random character, you know, at the end of the movie being revealed that you're like, wait, how does that even fucking make sense? And then like Sydney had I think the third film like Sydney's. It was really Sydney's long lost brother that she didn't even know about. He was pulling the strings the entire time. And at that point, I just yawned and didn't care anymore. I was like, you're not even trying. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was bad. <laughs> but that, that movie did like breathe like new lifeblood into like the horror genre. So it did. It meant a lot because at that point, there was a huge drought in the 90s um, horror wise. So I will give it credit where credit's due. So. All right, well, up next, we got Jennifer's Body director Karen Kasuma 
uh, attached to direct new take on Dracula for Bloomhouse. So I'm not a huge fan of Jennifer's body, um, but I am a giant fan of The Invitation. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, no, I have not. All right. So uh, she did The Invitation, and it's a fantastic film. It almost made my list for uh, best horror movie of the decade, of the past decade. Um, so when I realized that she also did The Invitation, which I somehow like missed, um, I got really excited. Um, just if you haven't seen the movie, definitely give it a look. Um, she's also uh, uh, has uh, the two screenwriters who did the invitation attached to the movie also at this point, uh, Matt mm. Men- Menfried and Phil Hay. So um, yeah, man, if it if they're bringing that team aboard to Dracula, man, I, I sign me up. I, I I'm excited for that. So we saw what they did with Invincible Man. Um, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, so, I mean, Bloomhouse was kind of, you know, <laughs> on my list <laughs> of late. Um, they've had some stinkers, but they kind of, you know, redeemed themselves with The Invisible Man. Um, my only fear is I don't know if I want to see a modern take on Dracula. So I'm hoping yeah. that we actually kind of get back to, like, you know, Dracula in a fucking castle. I want to see that gothic fucking story, you know, told the right way. Um, I mean, we've, I feel like we've seen so many, like, you know, versions of Dracula now in modern times, even the Netflix series ended up in modern times. And like, I'm just thinking of like the Dracula 2000. I feel like there's a couple more movies like that in the last like 20 years. Um, Dracula untold or something yeah, like that. Just give me the good old fashioned fucking hammer version of the character, you know, in the castle, fucking British is all hell. Like I know they're supposed to be in Transylvania, but like every actor has to have a fucking nice accent. You know, just go mm-hmm. all out. I want fucking gar- gargoyles and you know the three brides, everything. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't want to see fucking you know Dracula in suburbia. You know, yeah, and that's my fear. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna get here with this movie. So, but like I said, Invitation is a fucking gem of a movie. Um, you know, definitely give that movie a look. Um, you know, uh, so we'll see where this goes. I mean, they have a lot of movies, universal characters, like up on the docket right now, um, you know, in like pre-production. So, cause we know Elizabeth Banks is supposed to be doing the sequel to the invisible man, the invisible woman. Um, mm-hmm. there's supposed to be a monster mash movie coming out. Um, a dark army movie, which I don't even know by, uh, Paul Feige, Feig, Feig, Feig. Paul Feig, I think. Feig, right? Um, he did uh, Ghostbusters, right? The remake of Ghostbusters? Yes. Um, and then James Wan is supposed to be doing like a Frankenstein movie. So, which I, God, I'm over the moon for that. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Universal's making a comeback, you know, after, you know, the whole Dark Universe fiasco that happened a few yes. years ago. Thank God they gave up on all of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> try to ruin the mummy jesus christ (laughs) have you seen that movie yet huh no i'm not gonna fucking see that movie (laughs) fucking watch the movie i've seen tom cruise run or not i don't need to see him running that's all he does in his movies nowadays is fucking run you need to hear him scream on the helicopter he runs he runs and he jumps (laughs) off of things he needs to sit his old ass down (laughs) the guy's got to be in his 60s right yeah it's insane i mean he's in fucking phenomenal shape don't get me wrong but like he's starting to do like his own stunts and shit 
Like you're not Jackie Chan. That's what Chan. he's into. I don't know. Man. <laughs> I, but he's making shitty movies at the same time. I'm, I'm not a Mission Impossible guy, so I will say they're, that they're up, still making up. money, which is yes. Insane. Did you do you watch those movies? I feel like you watch those movies. Um, no, I've I've seen the first two, okay. and the second one's like a, a monstrosity. Is it <laughs> okay? Okay. It's um. It they they went super. I, we don't need to get into it. But it super people artsy. love that franchise. People do love that franchise. I could give a shit it's about Mr. it. Mr. Wu. So um. But right. you're right. They make money. But anyway, anyway. Yay, <laughs> Universal monsters. Bring them all back. So, Woo. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. All right. You know what time it is, David? What time is it, Christian? It's time for Christian's corner. All right, damn it. Twitter has gone ablaze. The yeah. console wars are back. Okay. That's what everyone's talking about this week, Christian? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's not the coronavirus. It's the PlayStation 5. Okay, fine. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, no, it's it's been uh, interesting. Uh, they had this weird, like, they decided to do a kind of like specs of the PlayStation 5 review thing on their channel on youtube and it was it turned into this like this like hour and 30 minute like press conference with the most monotone guy you probably ever heard like telling you all the nitty-gritty details of how a console works and how they're reinventing the console world and stuff like that it's it was it was very odd he kind of reminded me of garth from wayne's world oh okay <laughs> yeah it was a very awkward pre- uh, press conference i'm not sure if the people that were in the audience were real i thought they might be just like cgi shadows wow <laughs> that's crazy yeah it was very odd but um to get into it you know the internet went ablaze they started you know comparing the xbox specs of course to the playstation specs uh, the PlayStation is showing a little less power, so of course, you know, Xbox fans are just flipping house. You know, they're they're saying, you know, the Xbox will be the next big console to win the console wars and everything. Um, overall, it's it sounds like everything that they gave us specs-wise, um, what they're going for seems to be it might be a little less power, but at the same time, um, with memory speed and everything that they're doing with the SSD. Um, it'll definitely be just as intuitive and powerful as the Xbox. I don't really see too much of a difference um, so far. I'm, I'm looking at like the comparisons right now, and I'm just eh. they they they're pretty on par. You're getting a little bit more memory out of the Xbox than you are the PlayStation. You're getting 12 teraflops instead of 10, and that's usually the big um, the measure measurement of how powerful your console is. How many teraflops you got going teraflops? on in there? Um, but the big thing. Teraflops. That's a yes. real we're, thing. We're getting technical. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes, okay. <laughs> the millionth of a millionth. Wow. Teraflops. I've heard it um, all now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were making shit up. But at the end of the day, um, no, I'm seriously not all making right, shit right. up. Man. It's a millionth of a millionth power. Some okay. shit like that. Uh, <laughs> it's all just about you know GPU power, CPU shit. Um, it's just they're usually. It's the same stuff that we hear every year. It, bigger, better consoles. The only thing that um, is really hurting PlayStation is that they can't seem to get the price to stay down. Um, it's looking like it might be a four hundred and fifty dollar console oh, shit. compared to the usual three ninety nine uh, max. You know, uh, four hundred is usually a lot to even drop on a console, let alone four fifty. Yeah. 
so that that might hurt them a lot the xbox is, is sounding like it might be cheaper i haven't i'm not exactly sure what the price for the xbox series x is but it's uh you know they're the way that they've shown off the manufacturing it's been projected to be cheaper than the playstation 5 so there's a lot of you know that's that was one of the big damning things for the xbox one was that it was so much more expensive to the than the playstation 4 but at the same time playstation has better games and that's what really hurts the xbox overall um last console generation another big thing to keep in mind is that most of the xbox's games are going to be playable on a pc and as a gamer like me who has a built pc and everything there's nothing that really makes me want to pick up an xbox when i can just pick up all the games onto my play uh, onto my uh, computer you know there's nothing yeah. there's not that much time. and it's microsoft so microsoft's making money either way because most of their money is in computers so it's I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how uh, the Xbox will do overall. Uh, the PlayStation had a huge um, fan base built for the PlayStation 4 because it's just great games that came out. And they're going to continue. All those games are going to get sequels in the next console generation. So we'll we'll see how that goes. That's my, my mini reports on the war okay. so far. <laughs> so uh, with everything that's happening, not to bring it back to, you know, <laughs> the coronavirus, but to bring it back to the coronavirus, do you feel like, you know, like how it's going to really affect like you know the gaming industry is it going to like push back these releases do you think well for consoles you would think it would have to right but um playstation still projecting their console to come out this uh winter uh this christmas season well xbox still hasn't really made a full announcement for when their console will i come guess out. it's really where it takes uh, where the factories take place like where they're you know building these things yes um you have to imagine it's going to affect them pretty bad because, I mean, most of their stuff was coming through China and uh, most of their factories are in China. So you would have to yeah. imagine it's it's been damaged quite a bit. But, I mean, China is starting to get back to normal, as they say in the news. As far yeah, as well, knock on wood. So, you know, hopefully, it, you know, that's something that by the, at that point, you know, they'll be able to release everything on time. So, but I, w I still wouldn't hold my breath, honestly. So... Um, all right. Well, now that I brought that segment down. <laughs> hey, uh, a bonus for the coronavirus is that most of a lot of the online game sellers have decided to do sales right now. Oh, really? So, I mean, that's okay. Since you're home alone, might as well. Pick up well, it makes game, sense, right? right? For gamers, like this isn't much of a change, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and, you know, I mean, I feel like all of the entertainment industry is being affected right now, sadly. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, like we said at the top of the show, if, you know, Hollywood starts moving more towards, you know, video on demand with a lot of, you know, the smaller, you know, movies. You know, I feel like bigger, you know, franchises, obviously, you know, like the MCU and, you know, the DC, they're going to, you know, stick to, like, their schedule as much as they can. But, you know, like those kind of, like, smaller horror movies, you know, that a lot of the studios mm -hmm. have, you know, in, you know, sitting on the shelf right now collecting dust, I could see them eventually releasing them on video on demand just, you know so they can get something out of it because are we going like they can't keep on like pushing back the release schedule like it's gonna they're gonna start losing more and more money so they have to kind of cut you know ties with certain movies to you know keep things on schedule as much as possible i would think um so but we'll see we'll see what happens um oh, yeah, it always comes down to that bottom line they're always going to be more concerned about their money yeah. so they're going to push yeah. things out 
as soon as they possibly yeah, can. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I I feel like New Mutants is, like, on its way to Hulu, you know, <laughs> at, at any point. <laughs> like, at the, I mean, Jesus yes. Christ, what has it been, like, four times now? That movie's been pushed back. So, uh-huh. and I feel like, you know, those Fox movies, you know, I think it's underneath, like, the Searchlight um, label. I feel like those movies that Disney picked mm-hmm. up, they're just going to be kind of like, here, just go ahead, put up, put them on something, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, they have no money really invested, you know, besides some marketing at this point. So, um, but yeah. All right. Let, let's get off the subject. <laughs> All right. Well, one industry that doesn't seem to have been affected so far has been comics. And this week's comic spotlight is going to be Spider-Woman number one. All right. It's written by Carla Pascio and uh, penciled by Pire Perez and Palio Sequira. So sure. I apologize to Palio <laughs> or however you say your name. I totally slaughtered it. So, um, all right, Christian. So uh, what did you think of this book? You know, I ended up really enjoying it. Um, it's very action-packed, very easy read. Um, even when we got to the, like, um, the continued on to the next part out of nowhere, I, I, didn't, I thought it felt like it was going to be something... You know, I immediately checked the pages. I'm like, oh, is this going to be like another 50-page book? But no, it was, it was super easy to read. Um, not too bad. I love, I kind of like the art a lot into it. Uh, Pere Perez, you did a good job. Paolo, I, I don't know. <laughs> God so bless I, you. I, I really did enjoy it. It, gave me, it reminded me a lot of um, Domino's books, uh, surprisingly. Okay. It's, it's got that same action-packed feel. Um, you know, it was a little light on story, but I feel like as a first issue... Um, it's just starting to set up your mystery and then you go from there. Uh, I don't know if the mystery necessarily is the hook for me, but, um, as a book, I, I mean, it's a, it's an easy pickup. I wouldn't say it's my, like, I'm going to run to the store each week and pick it up. So I'm a big fan of Jessica Drew and I've been kind of waiting for her to get a series that really like kind of cracks the mainstream. Cause for some reason she always seems to be like on the outside looking in, um, as a character, um she just i feel like you know since bendez has had her you know who you know kind of reintroduced her into the you know the marvel universe um she's been kind of like forgotten about um you know a lot of hit and misses so i i'm really hoping you know that this book you know really kind of gets a lot of fans you know you know back interested in the character um as far as a first issue um i feel like it was kind of a mixed bag for me um i was expecting a little more substance story-wise um kind of like what you alluded to um great action sequences and everything um i I do feel like they kind of captured jessica's angst um as a character um you know she always she's kind of got that parker luck thing going for her where she's you know just always seems a little downtrodden and you know the world's always against her um but this book did a great job of kind of capturing that attitude and kind of capturing like what a badass she is because this is her flu game you know Mm -hmm. um you know she's not feeling well she's been paid to protect this you know this uh rich kid's birthday party her uh sweet 16 you know by some kind of like yes yes like you know rich you know tycoon has hired her um jessica as we see in i thought this was an interesting choice too because the story's divided into two different parts um we see that like in the second story like how she gets hired and everything like that in the first story i was kind of confused i was like why is she on this job what the hell's going on 
Um, you know, but I haven't been really keeping track of the characters. So I thought, well, okay, is she doing the whole heroes for hire thing? Um, but we see in the second story that she's, you know, down on her luck. She has to take this job because she needs money. She's got a kid at home. Um, so she's kind of struggling financially. So she takes this job. Um, but she is, you know, definitely like from the opening panel, you could tell she's not herself. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's playing hurt or playing sick for that matter. Um, but you know, she's still able to do the job and, you know, defend, you know, this birthday party, you know, from these, you know, masked assailants who we have no clue really who they are. Um, you know, I mean, the sequences are fantastic. You know, uh, the, the art is, is great. And I really think, you know, the art is kind of the strong point of the book. Um, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I was expecting a little more character wise character development wise for you know jessica you know with them kind of you know introducing her you know you know i think it's probably the expectations of this being a number one you know and not following her other book um so i think i kind of wanted to really catch up to see where she was and they, they did lay some of that groundwork but for me i don't know i just was i was expecting more um you know, but I did, I did, like I was saying before, I feel like they kind of captured, you know, what a badass she is and everything. And it, it was a fun sequence, you know, her defending these kids and everything. Um, it, it did feel weird, though. Like, it felt like the kids were a little too old to be having a costume party. Am oh. I wrong about that? Uh, At 16? 16? I don't know. Like, a, 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 a world costume sweet 16? I don't know. But maybe the I guess it's really like a cosplay it. thing. I don't know. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Who am I I'm judge? an old man. What do I know? What do I know? <laughs> so that's what the kids are into nowadays. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I don't know. It, I'll pick up issue number two to see where this is all like headed. Um, we find out that in the second story, it seems like, you know, she's picked up a different costume because she, I, I'm guessing, is it because she doesn't want to be recognized on the job? Uh, I, I think she has more of a hero attachment to the other costume, and she wanted one that was just more like, you know, what what I'm gonna wear when I'm going to work. You know, there there was more symbolism to the other one to her. That's where okay. I got from that, at least. Well, I kind of hate I kind of hate the new costume, so I hope <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to tie you know her to you know to Spider Man mm-hmm. way too much with the costume. So I love her original classic look. So I hope they don't get too far away, you know, from it. Um, but we find out that that the new costume, um, whoever she has make it, um, you know, is up to no good. Um, somehow that's what's causing her to be sick. Um, at the end of the first story, and this is it is weird. Was it jarring to you like the way they told the story? Oh. Like how they had it divided into two parts like that? No, I, I mean, it made sense. It was just like. All right, this is where she is, and then this is how we got to there. That was... But why have it in a second story like that? Um, like, why? I don't know. You know, not have it more intertwined. I don't know. It just, it was weird. Like, cause I almost didn't read this. I thought it was just kind of like an epilogue or like, you know, a one shot at the end of the book that, you know, some mm-hmm. sometimes with like number ones, they do that. Like, like do a little filler story. Yeah. Um. So I almost didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I did because I was like, oh, shit, this is a huge part of like the main story. I mean, so. I may have scanned ahead a little to make sure that this was something I was supposed to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a little bizarre. So but anyway, um, we find out that the suit is what's making her sick mm-hmm. so you know something something's afoot so 
we'll see what happens. She's like puking like green toxic shit at the end of the battle and the you know in the first part of the story. So you, you catch that it was in the shape of a spider. Yes, that was that was nice. I do, I <laughs> love the art in this. I yes, really do. I thought the art was great. I just hope that it's not all show and no go. The character deserves more. Though. Agreed. So yeah, we talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, Christian actually saw a movie this past Friday. Yeah, man, I braved it out and I went and saw The Hunt. Yeah, please don't do that, though, people. Stay home. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, stay home. And now, our feature presentation. What is all of this? Did you see that article? Every year, these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. Everybody get in! We were joking. There's been a killing spree. You gotta come here right now. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. <laughs> but you are. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know that they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The Hunt. Uh, this movie's directed by Craig Zobel, and it's written by Nick Hughes and Damon Lindoff uh, from Watchmen fame. All right, and warning, light spoilers ahead. Uh, this movie is going to be released on video on demand uh, this weekend. So, I mean, people can definitely check it out. All right, yeah. Um, very simple story. Very simple themes. Um, it's it's very much an action comedy. Um, I, I'm, I was kind of blown away by the fact that it was so controversial that it had to be pushed back. I could see it on a violence element, but maybe not a political commentary. Uh, the political commentary it- is kind of just... It's it's targeted at everyone. So, it, it, it do you? I mean, do you feel like it's hiding violence? Um, it's like more violent than other things that we've seen recently. I mean, they went pretty you know heavy on the battle royal, but and they didn't you know hold any punches towards like you know people's dismemberment and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So yeah. sounds like my kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would like it like you know for gore hounds would this be something that's satisfying? Uh, maybe for ten minutes. <laughs> okay, because I mean that it, I I didn't get that from the trailers mm-hmm. at all, so I'm surprised to hear you say that. Actually, the trailers really pushed that um, battle royal element for me, but at the same uh-huh. time, it, the battle royal is the smallest part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I just you know you've seen that before though, and it could be totally watered down PG thirteen you know garbage. Oh no no yeah they I, went I they went for, they went for that movie. R. <laughs> okay, hard R. Okay, nice. all right, nice. <laughs> um. If I could get right into the uh, actors here, Betty Gilpin, this is her movie. Like, give her her own John Wick, please, because she is so good in this movie. Everything, really, everything about her character, I loved it throughout the entire time. And she's very simple; she doesn't talk too much. But what we do get from her and how she handled action sequences, like a lot of the action sequences, you can tell it's them and not stunt actors. So that that okay. really I really appreciate you know I I love that. <laughs> no, that means a lot for mm-hmm. an action film. You know, when you can actually tell it's, you know, the actual person going through the, you know, the sequence. So, um, it just brings a different level to, you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. So she she really was the only character I could care about throughout the entire film and wanted to know more, but as 
it's very light on any type of story and what you get to learn about anything in this character like all these people you kind of learn about their characters by the end but it's mm-hmm. it's not enough backstory to make you care um, okay they're they're pretty much cannon fodder and then you get to the main battle at the end um it, okay it's it's a fun action film but at the same time you know, it's not something that I would say anyone needs to rush out and see right away. Now you're at home, you're you need something to watch. Go ahead, put this on. Yeah, but <laughs> it it is slim pickings mm-hmm. right now. So, so like as a satire, I mean, because I I feel like that's what this movie is really like. You know, resting its laurels on. Do I mean, is it strong? You know, like as a theme throughout the movie or. You know, because it's definitely a political satire. Like, I mean, you see that, like, mm-hmm. through the trailer and everything like that, and just from the different characters' interactions. Um, you know, is, I mean, is it, like, do you feel like it gets its message across? I don't. Well, I mean. Is there a message? For me, I, <laughs> I don't really think there is much of a message. The characters, I mean, you see the stupidity of the characters from both sides. Uh, you know, the, the choices that they made. Um, to even get to this point is 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 just kind of a commentary on both sides, while also, you know, I not really driving a full message, in my opinion. Um, I mean, so is it more about like the punchline than really actually like saying something? Yeah, I would say it's more about the punchline by the end of the film. Okay, all right, I, you know, I mean, and that's fine if mm. it's going to be that type of movie. I did feel like the trailer was kind of advertising a, you know more of a political satire more you know something you know that actually had something to say um and i guess maybe just you know with damon lindoff coming off of watchman i was expecting you know something along those lines you know some i mean it's fine if there's punchlines and you know it's you know a comedy and everything like that but i still feel like comedies and satire like it can have a message um so um i'm a little disappointed that it feels like it's you know less about you know substance and more about you know the jokes if you will no i i hear you but at the same time i think uh, they would have needed a lot more in this film to get anything across like it's it's very short i i believe it was oh, like an hour and a half runtime um okay and and just like at least the first 10 minutes are just dealing with the battle royal stuff and then we get into this like what why are we here mystery and everything nothing ever gets there's no there's no real deep layer of anything in this film uh, okay and at, like i i enjoyed it for what it was but at the same time like yeah i mean if you would take more time to you know focus on these characters why they're here give me a goddamn reason for to care for any of them sure uh give me another 30 minutes of like understanding why each character made the choices that they made um the comments that they made and stuff like that and maybe then the message would have been drawn out a little bit more but for me there was no real message other than the main uh punchline by the end of the film yeah it, it definitely feels like a missed opportunity you know and i haven't seen the movie so maybe maybe i'll watch it and see more layers but you know i'm pretty i know you're pretty in tuned with that so uh you know that's definitely disappointing to hear um you know but do you feel like i mean did you find the movie offensive at all uh i mean i don't get offended easily so maybe i'm different but it wasn't offensive to me i i thought you know there was a clear like both sides were definitely being picked at 
on purpose. Uh-huh. Not, there was definitely okay. a lot of jokes towards everyone. Okay. Yeah, as long as they spread it around. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, uh, what would you give this movie grade-wise then, Christian? Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus, mostly for um, brilliant action sequences, fun action sequences. Um, story is just so light that you don't really care about it. And it's not. I feel like it's not a film anyone's going to remember in like four years. You know? Yeah. So... Huh. Well, it's kind of disappointing with like how much like fucking hoopla was going, you know, exactly. surrounding this movie. So they just showed it to the wrong crowd, of, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the world that we live in now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, man. Well, let's move on. Uh, we've got some wrestling to talk. If you want to know what three sixteen day is all about, give me a hell yeah. I said. If you want to know what 316 Day is all about, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! What? What? I said, hell yeah! All right, so like everything else in entertainment, um, you know, wrestling has taken a huge hit with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus. Um, tons of shows being canceled. Um, we've had a, a handful of empty arena shows at this point with SmackDown, Raw, and then also Dynamite uh, this week. Um, and, you know, we were trying to figure out what the hell this all meant for WrestleMania um, and why the WWE hadn't canceled it at this <laughs> point. Um, but then, you know, news broke uh, about two days ago that they were moving uh, WrestleMania over to the Performance Center, which made perfect sense, you know, for them, I guess. Um, at least they weren't ha- trying to have it still in Tampa. Um, you know, I-, I guess it sounds like everything that was going on with that and why they were kind of like digging their heel- heels in um, was all about insurance. I guess they were hoping that Tampa would cancel the show for them and then they could g- make like an insurance claim. Um, whereas if they canceled the show, they couldn't like, you know, get that money back. They would lose a significant amount of money. Now, I don't necessarily buy that because I know that they've had like the financially one of their biggest like years ever. And they've got nothing but, you know, tons of money coming in still just with, you know, the whole Saudi thing and the Fox deal and everything. So whatever, but I mean, it's just bad look optics wise <laughs> on their part, but they don't give a shit obviously about, you know, how they look with the public. Cause they're still going to Saudi every, you know, couple times a year. So, exactly. Um, you know, um, but yeah, so, but thankfully that they, they went ahead, they moved it to the performance center. Um, I'm still surprised that they're having it. You know, and or I'm not surprised that they're n- not doing a show because I kind of expected them to kind of like blow off these angles. Um, and but I was expecting them to like reschedule Mania, um, and just push it back to like you know late summer, fall. But it sounds like they're so concerned about everything that's going on right now, and rightfully so, that they're not even sure that they'll be able to do it then. So mm-hmm. they're like, let's just get it out of the way, do it. Um, it's going to be held over two nights fucking Gronk is hosting it um which is just nauseating to me i, I don't know how you feel about Gronk. But. i, I i'm looking at his 
dumb face right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why He's they like did every this every fucking overgrown frat kid that you don't want to hang out with. I don't you know, know why they did like, this with this photo either, where they decided to just edit him in, and it's clearly like not the same lighting. Uh, they didn't do anything yeah. to soften, so he just stands out. They do that a lot, like a <laughs> lot of like pay per view posters and uh-huh. shit are just so like you know I don't know like like you just learned how to do fucking Photoshop, like Photoshop one hundred one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, it's like they're not even trying anymore to sell this shit to us. So, like, literally the last, like, six pay-per-view posters, it feels like the same poster with, like, different backgrounds. You know, like, they just have, like, you know, all their wrestlers do certain poses and they just superimpose them wherever they need them. You oh, know, absolutely. behind some stupid logo. I mean, it's just really lazy. I, I guess I grew up in the 80s and the 90s where they would do, like, these, like, you know, like, almost, like, pieces of fucking art to, like, promote these <laughs> shows. Um, I still remember some of the fucking posters mm. from the 80s and the 90s. Um, but, like, these fucking posters, they're just a dime a dozen, you know? Oh, they're lazy. Um, so I have to, a lot of times when we're, like, you know, trying to, like, promote, like, our latest episode or, like, a preview show or review show, I get confused sometimes uh, trying to find a poster, you know, for our, like, social media. Uh-huh. And I'll almost add the poster from the previous year because they're all so similar. They all look the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's really, you know, I don't know. It's just laziness at this point, you know. But they know that they're getting everyone's money, so they just don't care. Exactly. Like um, I was going to ask you, you're going to watch this, right? Yeah. So for the podcast. I, but, I mean, yes. that's what no. they're yes. thinking. I will give them credit. They actually, like, put them in, like, pirate gear. This, <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this poster. It looks like they're on, like, the Party City, like, Halloween catalog. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they all have, like, pirate gear. But then, like, Cena is, like, exactly. the only person. <laughs> they, like, he missed the photo shoot that day. So, they like, he probably, his PR people were probably like, no, you cannot put a fucking, like, pirate, you know, patch on him. You get, you know, or, like, a, a parrot on his shoulder or something. Mm. So, I mean, he stands out like a sore thumb. But anyway, <laughs> posters aside. <laughs> Posters aside, or seen it with like a peg leg, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so we're moving this <laughs> this card between two days. We're splitting it up, um, and we're gonna have it in multiple arenas. Is the rumor at this point? It's not only gonna be at the performance center, just because they're trying to, you know, have as few people as possible like in one room at a time. Which I mean, that makes sense. I can appreciate that. Um, and honestly, there's no reason why this shit shouldn't be pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I mean, don't advertise that it isn't live, but, you know, fucking get it nice and polished, honestly. You know, I mean, you can fuck around with your camera shots, um, not like, you know, emphasizing so much the empty arena. Uh, you can really get rid of all the botches. Um, you can edit out, you know, the wrestlers calling for moves, which were definitely apparent during SmackDown and Raw, um, just because it's so fucking quiet. Exactly. Um, which, why don't they put like some music or something in there? You know, I mean, and we'll talk about what Dynamite did this past Mm -hmm. week, but the way that they shot their show just made so much fucking sense it it, you know it it just made it such a different viewing experience um they moved the hard cam 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's facing the uh, ramp. So you're not focusing on all the empty seats. All the action is, you know, straight ahead and you're just looking at the ring. Um, and then also like, you know, putting other wrestlers in the audience. So there's people there, you know, and, you know, they're interacting and you can hear them like pop for moves and shit like that. It just made it a lot more like fun and energetic. Um, Smackdown and Raw, it was a chore to watch. I mean, and there's parts that are just like totally fucking cringeworthy. You know, the wrestlers are still fucking, you know, playing up to an invisible crowd. Um, the whole fucking Stone Cold segment, I love Stone Cold, was just a train wreck. I mean, it's just bad comedy at the highest level. Um, it was, I mean, they, I really hope, you know, some of the producers take the time, watch Dynamite, and just kind of like, pick and choose from you know what they did and learn and you know implement some of those things but i know wwe and they're so fucking stubborn exactly the way that they produce things that they're not going to they're still going to have to have the hard camera here they're going to still have to have the wrestlers go through the motions you know and do these grand entrances which is i mean that's wrestlemania but it just i mean from like when the undertaker came out man that's when it was like the most glaring like he won the the walk to the ring was so short like it just didn't make any sense um you know and they're just like you know in other cases with like other wrestlers like you know them going through all their like little routines you know their whole ring entrances and everything like that it just looked ridiculous you know at least get it away wasn't from like, that um the nxt stars though we didn't have to sit yes. through their like 30 minute intros <laughs> yes, yes, so choreographed and you know insane, um, and that will you know be totally fucking you know glaring with no crowd mm-hmm. you know um, in the stands. So uh, I, I hope like Daniel Bryan kind of like started doing the yes chant and then he stopped you know and he signaled like hey there's no one here what am I doing? Um, even though Drew Gulak kept on doing it, um, but then fucking like. Uh, the Bailey and Sasha match um, with Alexa Bliss uh, with Nikki Cross. Uh, Nikki Cross kept on trying to pump up the crowd. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was insanity. And I get it. Like, they're so used to their, uh, you know, what they do in the ring that they kind of just go, they're like, they're like on cruise control almost. Um, did you catch the commercial break? No, I did. I heard about that. How did people see what they were doing during the commercial break? That's what I didn't understand. It seems like uh, they were like doing something, testing with the cameras or something, and they accidentally got aired on live television. Oh, and they were just like standing there. Yeah, they're just standing in the ring talking to each other. <laughs> like that That's kills awkward. what years of heat between yes. Sasha and Alexa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> That's an awkward moment. But still, I mean, I understand why they're not actually wrestling, you know, when they're at commercial. Hmm. Like, why would you risk injury and wrestling in front of no one? Um, But, yeah, that sucked that it actually got, like, captured on camera um, at the same time. So just, I mean, it's, I, I get it. They're trying to make the best of an awful situation. And they've got so many hours of TV to fill. I just hope that they like take notes on what Dynamite did because they they had the right energy. The show felt special. Um, it moved. Um, 
you know, and it, like they still moved on with their stories. Where WWE, it, you could tell they they're in like a holding pattern. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to advance stories, you know. And they like I think we got like maybe like three minutes of a match on Raw, and that was it. Um, so just really, they played the entire Royal Rumble on Raw. Oh, it didn't advertise it or anything. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, it was, I was like wonder what people were talking about because I didn't watch Raw. I just kept hearing they just showed the Royal Rumble. It's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> the entire Royal Rumble match, um, the men's match, which is like over an hour, but then you add commercials in, you're getting close to like two hours. <laughs> wow. So they, it was just filler. Um, they're totally scrambling trying to figure out what to do. So no, we're, um, we're in a time where you have to get creative with everything. I mean, we, even we have to be creative and it's just yeah. like, this is going to show so many holes that WWE has. Yeah. I like, I, like you yeah. said with um, AEW, even the simplicity of making it almost like lumberjack style where you just have the um, wrestlers just around the um, arena a little bit, yelling at them and interacting with made it so much more lively than what we got with um, anything from SmackDown and raw. Yes, and the matches were good. Like, they mm. actually wrestled their matches. And I think, too, it has to do with the WWE's style of wrestling opposed to AEW's style. Um, you know, like, it, it, we can't have fucking two-minute rest holds in the middle of the, these matches. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, WWE does that safe kind of style. Which, wrong or right, it doesn't translate when there's no audience there. There's no crowd to, mm. like pump up the baby face to break the hold. So like you need almost a faster paced match, you know, to keep, you know, the audience at home's attention. Um, so they're going to have to change shit up, you know, and I, I hope that they're watching at least, or some of the producers are watching um, and taking notes and realizing because after media, they still have a lot of TV um, to fill, you know, a lot of hours and who knows when things are going to get back to normal. So, I, I mean, you're talking about five hours of television, you know, and not, well, shit, if you include uh, NXT, you're talking about seven hours of television. NXT was uh, just a, a promo show. It was a, just a, they just did a whole package on uh, Johnny and uh, Ciampa, yeah. uh, which was phenomenal, by the way. It was great. Like, I loved it. Because they went through the whole history of the two characters. So, like, now I'm, like, frothing at the mouth to, like, see that match. But who the fuck knows when that match is going to be? Because <laughs> they haven't announced what the hell's going on with NXT. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going on with that TakeOver. So, I don't know if they're going to integrate the TakeOver matches in the WrestleMania card. Um, I doubt it. But we'll see. But, like, that, I mean, the whole show was, you know, all about, it was like a, a mini documentary about Ciampa and Gargano and, like, their friendship and relationship and their feud for the last three years. So it was really well done, though. So I, I do applaud them on that. And I feel like, you know, we're going to have to have, like, segments like that to kind of fill mm. in the blanks here and there. And WWE does do that well when they want to. Um, but they're going to have to change the way that they shoot and, you know, um, promote wrestling, you know, in the ring. So um, we'll see. We'll I would see. just I would just integrate NXT into Mania this year. Yeah, it does feel like it makes at least the two, you know, main matches, um, at least put those in there. Uh, but I still I don't want to see Mania be like four hours each night either. You know, I feel like two hours, two and a half hours is fine. 
you know, there's no reason. I, you know, it, not if they're going to continue to shoot it and perform in the ring like they did on Raw and SmackDown. You know, so they're going to have to, you know, and this is what WWE should be good at. You know, okay. it's all about the smoke and mirrors with WrestleMania. You know, it's all about the fucking glitz and the glamour. So they should be able to like go in, like Vince should go into his bag of tricks. You know, <laughs> Get, you know, because like, I mean, AEW, like they had their fucking pyro going. They had like, they went for it, you know. Um, I, I want to see more of the same from WWE with WrestleMania. You know, go fucking, you know. You know, give us all the shiny objects you can. You know, divert attention from the crowd. The fact that there's no one in the crowd. Um, you know, do what McMahon does best. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I just don't want to see a fucking chin lock for five minutes in the middle of a fucking match. Chin lock city. Um, oh my god. <laughs> well, what'd you think? Speaking of all elite wrestling, what'd you think of the uh, new arrivals? You know, I was really worried that they were gonna like hold back you know uh the introduction to you know Brody lee and matt hardy i know we were supposed to be you know we've been scheduled to have like the exalted one appear on this episode and everything like that um but i'm glad that they didn't do that i i'm glad that they went ahead and they went for it story-wise um you know all their storylines pretty much progressed on the show so they gave you you know you know what you came for money wise um so i i loved you know what we got with the exalted one um i dug that it was brody lee and i love that like for me i was worried i was like okay well is hardy not coming and you know because i was like did something happen contract wise mm. but I'm, I'm glad that there was like kind of a twist to the story because it just felt like too on the nose at this point that it would be matt um and I'm glad that Brody's going to be getting a chance to shine. And that fucking boot that he gave to Christopher Daniels was so violent. Um, it got me fucking excited, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I was like, holy shit, man. This is going to be fucking, you know, Brody just completely unleashed. Because, um, I mean, do you remember that fucking ladder match he had for the IC title? Yeah. Um, was it against Ambrose? I was like, was it Ambrose or was it Dolph or someone? Was it, I someone. Think it, was it Dolph? I just remember watching that match and just how eye-opening it was. Like, mm -hmm. that was a just a fantastic match. Um, and it just felt like I was, I felt like he went to, like, the next level. And then, of course, you know, the next week, you know, he was off camera again. So, they, you know, I just, I love his line. When he's introducing himself as the exalted one, he's talking to Christopher Daniels, and he said that uh, Daniels wouldn't be the first old man who was out of touch and didn't believe in him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was just a gem of a fucking line, man. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, what was we're funny going about there. The moment was I was trying to figure out who it was by just listening to the voice, but it's like I haven't heard him talk enough in WWE oh, to know what he I know. sounded like. I was like, oh, but okay. I thought his promo was his promo was great. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, I, yeah, I mean, we got he did like get on the mic a little more at the end with WWE when they teamed him back up with Rowan. Hmm. Um, so I was happy about that. But then, of course, he just disappeared again. So, but he was also voicing like his you know displeasure online a lot at that point. So I wasn't surprised he was just done. Um. Yeah, uh, what did you think about Matt Hardy's debut? I, I was fine with it. It got a little... I, 
the timing was a little weird. Like I felt like if if it wasn't something live, was wrong, they would have been able to like cut that down a little bit. Uh, the inner circle was definitely stalling. Yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> something was going on with that drone. I guarantee it, because like Jericho, you could tell was starting to ad lib. Like he wasn't like. They were off the page at that point, you know, not that they have a script or anything, Mm -hmm. but you could tell they're doing whatever they can until like they could get that drone up and running Um, because they were. No, you could totally see it in Matt Jackson's face that, you know, something wasn't going (laughs) just as planned. He was was definitely trying to hold it together. Uh (laughs) So, uh, but I loved it. I love seeing Hardy like in the the stands in the arena. I think the fact that they introduced Brody. you know, like an hour beforehand, um, made the Hardy reveal um, even bigger. Yes. Just because I think everyone at that point might have been a little disappointed. And I know I was that Hardy wasn't the exalted one. So then having him show up and, you know, kind of side with the elite, I thought was pretty cool. So you don't think it would have been too obvious? What? If Matt Hardy was the exalted one? Um, I thought it was obvious. My my concern was that he wasn't with the company. Okay, there were so rumors, that's why like, I was disappointed. Around, like, oh, maybe he resigned. <laughs> like, well, the there day was before. some. There was a line or something where WWE's account, Twitter account, I believe, was hacked that day, and oh. then it like there was a weird message on it. So everyone was kind of speculating that it wasn't really hacked, and then. Um, Hardy made a reference to the message a couple hours later, mm. which is brilliant on his part. If he just like if it legitimately got hacked and he was like, oh, I'm going to jump on this, you know, <laughs> just to throw a little more smoke, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, you know, and then there's been this weird flashing light orb thing that's been happening on SmackDown um, where everyone was kind of speculating whether that was actually, you know, Hardy's return that was going to lead to it. So, I mean... You know, even though the Bucks have been on the whole, uh, what's his uh, web series called uh, right Free now? Free the Delete. Free the Delete and everything. Um, you know, it, it was like, well, maybe they're in negotiations. You know, maybe something <laughs> happened where he's not coming to the company. Um, so I am I'm, I'm I do feel like it had been a little too on the nose. Um, but I, I think my whole, like, you know, disappointment was like, oh, no, he's not he's not going to show up. You know, WWE fucking offered him you know, the, the keys to the castle mm. and he took it. So, um, but yeah, I was relieved to see him there. So yeah, we'll see where everything, you know, ends up, you know, after blood and guts though. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of swerve um, happening. Uh, you know, I don't s- imagine Matt being aligned with the elite for that long. Um, but I, I, I'm sure he has tons of ideas and they're definitely going to let him like take the ball and run with it. So, I mean, he's a creative guy, so we'll see what kind of angle he gets into. No, absolutely. I'm super excited for next week in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully there's a show next week because shit's changing every day. So Mm -hmm. um, it's crazy times. But um, that's going to do it for this week, man. Yeah, man. Let's close out the show. Before we go, go ahead and check out DramaCityProductions.com. You can listen to us there and a bunch of other great podcasts. Uh, you can also find us over at BigHeadMedia.com. Uh, once again, tons of great podcasts along with us. Exactly. And if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure it's that five-star review. That's right. That definitely helps a small independent podcast like us keep on going. 
If you liked any of the news stories we talked about today, you can find them on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at, at Amazing Nerd Show. Yes, we are your nerd hub for all the latest news and pop culture. Uh, beyond that, if you're looking to support the show, we have merch, guys. We got t-shirts, mugs, the works, all on TeePublic. And then you can also find us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead, pick up some nerd swag. And maybe even the shirt of your favorite wrestler. And hey, a special shout out to this week's sponsor, Ghost Town Podcast. That's right. Ghost Town Podcast are two comedians, Jason and Rebecca. They discuss and explore some of the most mysterious and interesting places on earth. Take a trip to haunted hotels, abandoned malls, deserted amusement parks, and locations of famous true crime events, and much, much more. Yeah, you can join them on Wednesdays for true crime, weird history, and paranormal events, and then also on Fridays for historical and pop culture fails. And you can find them on all your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah, so thank you again to Ghost Town. All right, man, so that's going to do it for the show. Make sure you go ahead and tune in next week. We're going to be reviewing Amazon Prime's Hunters. Uh, we're also going to be catching up on uh, the latest season of Clone Wars, the final season of Clone Wars. And uh, we're going to have a countdown for you, Christian, right? Yeah, it's going to be the top 10 cinematic heroes of all time, Damon. All right. Well, you know what? That's going to do it for this week. Yep. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the amazing nerd show. Yeah. Stay home, people. Stay safe. Stay home. Wash your Wash fucking your hands. hands. <laughs> Death has a new design for all of you. Now you have to figure out how and when it's coming back at you. Play your hunch, Alex, if you think you can get away with it. But remember, the risk of cheating the plan, of disrespecting the design, could incite a fury that could terrorize even the Grimwalker. And you don't even want to fuck with that mech.